Hi, everybody. This is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome back to episode 87 of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. It's been a hot, hot, hot weekend. Oh, God. Brutal, man. Brutal. How hot is it? How hot is it near you? Uh, if I check the weather right now, I think I, I know it's in the 90s, but I'm not exactly sure where it is. Let's see. Wow. Right so now, it's says... looking like 92 degrees here. Ooh. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, uh, it is 93 here. Um, although it does look like this little heat wave of ours starts to break on Saturday of next week, or this coming week. Um, it gets down to 84 um, with the lows of like 73. Next Tuesday is going to be beautiful at 82 with a low of 66. Like those are the days where we're, we're, we're back. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, it's... It's been tough, you know, it's still, you know, I, we haven't talked about it in a while, but I'm still taking all those walks and whatnot literally every day now. In the past, it was, uh, in the past, I would, tr- I would do like the, the longer walk, like the two mile walk or whatever that I would do in the middle of the day. I would mm-hmm. do that like two, maybe three times a week. Now I'm doing it every single day, even uh, just despite the heat too. And it is, it is tough. Like by the time I get like halfway done, I'm not, I'm barely breaking the sweat. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. But the problem is that I'm walking away from the sun. So when I'm walking back, the sun is just beating right on my face and just doesn't matter what I do. I'll come back. I'll be sweating up a storm. You're getting your sweat on for reals. For real reals. Some may say that, but only some. What's crazy right now is it feels like 102 outside in the city. And this is the weekend that my sister decided to move. Oh, boy. Two years ago when she moved, it was thunderstorming and like torrential downpour so all weekend i've been trying to figure out what would you rather move weather-wise in now granted let me set the scene a little bit she lives in a walk-up um with like sort of three flights per floor in a sense like three turns of the staircase per floor okay um some turns at four some turns at five all you got to know is they're really high stairs and they're really narrow stairs. And you know I don't know how to walk upstairs properly. You, you know oh, this. yeah. That's the best part. Sandy has a terrified – he's terrified of stairs. Well, maybe not terrified of stairs. I'm he, terrified of stairs. That's fair to say. He, he, if you like – he told me this and every time, I, every time we're on stairs now, I can't, I can't avoid just staring at his feet on stairs <laughs> because he told me that he climbs stairs in like, you know, in a very strange way. Yeah. Basically, he has to ensure that his entire foot is on each stair. Before yes. moving, you know, most people just move with their toes, just the front of their, like their foot. They maybe get like half to a quarter of their foot or a quarter to a half of their foot on the stair. Sandy puts the whole foot on the stair. Now I used to be like normal people and only put a little bit of the foot on the stair. And I don't know what happened, but one day I just decided, you know what? I don't feel comfortable. And I, it's almost like this like tension in my, in my chest when I'm walking <laughs> upstairs, like, oh dear God. Every, full foot, full foot, full foot. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. If it was because I fell upstairs, I fell down the stairs, but there was a moment that sort of dictated all this that started happening. It's, uh, it's terrifying. So I feel like you have to scuff up your shoes because you don't just put your full foot on the stair, but you basically kick. You have to be kicking this, the the next stair right every time. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's so good for my shoes. Yeah, yeah that's that's the. Uh, the shoes are the unsung heroes because of the amount of just unnecessary damage that I put on them nowadays. Right. Um, going to therapy for it. No, I'm not going to therapy. <laughs> but I feel like this would be a really funny thing to go to therapy for. Yeah. Like, so what do you like? What do you want to talk about? It's like I want to talk about the fact that I can't walk upstairs properly. <laughs> and they're like, wait, excuse me. It's like, yeah, it's just bear with me. Let me let me just tell you the story, and you decide if you want to take me on as a client. Um. All right. So it's either that. Uh, walking up sort of uh, five flights of or te- technically four flights of stairs, right? Um, helping uh, and then moving stuff and what have you, or in the I guess in the rain, in like torrential rain, or outside when the heat index is one hundred and six. I'm gonna have to go with the the heat actually. <gasps> what? I mean, maybe it's because I haven't done it. I mean, you were, you, you've lived it twice. I've never had to do it like that. But 
I just don't like getting like soaking wet because of the rain and having to go in and out of places. And then you have to like, you know, squish into a car to drive yeah. to the next location and then take the stuff out. I just feel like it'd be, it'd be cold and just kind of miserable. I'd be just, you know, Oh, it's definitely miserable, wet buddy. And stuff. And then, and then all the stuff is wet. So maybe it would be a little more miserable for me if it was my stuff too. trying to have to like dry things out, yeah. try to like move a TV or a sofa in the middle of a point, you know, just a thunderstorm. Oh yeah. It's a, uh... You want to talk about testing relationships. Um, oh, yeah. But the good news is this year my sister was really gung-ho about setting things up prior to the move. Um, so she hired a mover. Uh, she, like, I guess the week up, she, like, disassembled everything. She packed everything in the boxes. So we weren't doing any sort of actual packing. It was just moving, which is really great. Because she lives in this tiny apartment, it doesn't have AC. It doesn't have central air. Oh God! So it's only like in like only in the okay. bedrooms is there AC. Well, I say oh God as if I didn't live. Every apartment that I've ever lived in has not had a has never had right. central. Right. I was AC, like I was so. like buddy, wait a second. <laughs> I visited you once and it yeah. was tough. Oh yeah. It was tough. I didn't have I didn't have AC in my room at all. Yeah. This is but this is one of the stories you have to tell your kids one day. Be like oh you. You're complaining? Let me tell you about the time I used to have to play Call of Duty. <laughs> Let me tell you about the time I had to play Call of Duty with no air and, and no teammates. And the computer on because yeah. I needed to connect to the internet and I can only do that through a tether because the X, my Xbox didn't have uh, a wireless card, you know, the original the original one. Yeah. You want to talk uh, about some and, real struggles out there. Yeah, man. It got real hot up in that room. Oh, yes, it did. Um, but she would, she did a really great job. So when we showed up, it was all like in boxes already. So my parents drove uh, the SUV up and we just started like, uh, just moving stuff out of her place into, uh, into our new place. Uh, and we did two trips and then at that point, all that was left was really like the bed, like a dresser, which really wasn't going to fit in our car. It like, well, so she hired this guy with like this commercial van through TaskRabbit, and he, I think he was just doing it as a side gig because he still had okay. like his uh his official shirt on. Right, right. Um, but it was great because he was able to sort of help me uh, lug a lot of the stuff. My my parents, I think, are a little bit beyond the age of like actively helping my my uh, my sister move. <laughs> Not to say that they're old, but just you know, there's no like my mom recently had to. Like she's still like her, she like injured her knee a little bit, so right, she's right, really not gonna that. be able to do too much, and you wouldn't want her to do too much. Uh, and my dad's just like, nah, dude, I'm I'm not doing this. Um, so yeah, props to your parents for doing it. Oh, oh yeah, oh definitely. Um, it's great because, uh, like I said, we didn't have to spend too much time actually packing anything because you know that can take all day. Just like finding everything and deciding if are we gonna keep this and we're not gonna keep this, like that was surprisingly like just a massive time saver. Just yeah. just to say, like you know what, she's already made all the executive decisions on what's being kept and what isn't, and all we got to do is just move stuff. And it's surprising how for for how small of an apartment she is, how much stuff she's accumulated over the years. Um, I know I was I was telling uh, the listener of the podcast that I recently. Decluttered your life. Decluttered my life. And my parents were saying in my room, like, dude, we noticed that you, like, threw away a lot of stuff. I go, yeah, I feel great. Your parents were like, we noticed that you've decluttered your life, Sandy. Yeah. Like, thank Uh, you. Verbatim. Um, But my sister has still has yet to sort of enter that phase of her life. I think she's still in the uh, accumulation phase. Mm -hmm. Uh, And me, I'm I'm much more of a, do I really need to buy this? I mean, I know I will look awesome in this, but I I don't know if I just, like, need this right now, you know? So I've definitely turned a corner in that regard. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was hot. I was sweating all day. And we're talking like, we're talking like not, you know, like, I don't know what it is for you, but when I go running, like my entire shirt gets soaked. Um, it's not like when I go to the gym, like, you know how like you'll get like maybe 80% of your shirt soaked at the gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's still sort of like, you get the deep like uh, sweat V neckline. Um but yesterday when I was moving, I'm talking the whole shirt, dude. I'm talking the whole shirt was soaked. And I didn't get the shower. Like, I don't think I showered oh, no. until this morning. Oh, no. Because I was just so tired after moving last wow. night that I just like, you know what? 
I'm calling it, dude. I'm just going to pass out. Dude, that would have been the first thing I would have done when I got home. I would have jumped right into the shower. Yeah, I mean, I would we have stiffed the- all my parents up like, nah, nah, man. <laughs> everybody, it's me right now. Everybody, get out of my way right now. Um, yeah, I, we went to dinner. I didn't shower. Uh, we, we, I went to Whole Foods. I didn't shower. Um, my, I was like, since since my mom was here, and I've been telling her about all my my cooking that I do. She goes, I want to see what this is like. So I go, why don't we do this? Why don't I gotta go grocery shopping anyways? Uh, Whole Foods was having this spend one hundred get twenty bucks off deal. So you were all about that one. Uh, dude, got to. Um, I was like, you know what? Let me just get this done because I didn't feel like doing it on Sunday, uh, which is would be today. I didn't feel like doing it today. Um, just after like moving, I was like, you know, if I'm already out yeah. and I'm already like mentally committed to doing this, let me just get it done now. Instead of just me finding every excuse in the book to not do it and then don't have food for an entire week. Um, so we ended up going to do some grocery shopping. And it's funny because, like I said, you needed to spend $100 to get the 20 bucks off. And normally you might overspend by a little bit, right? Um, I got it down to like – this was the gold medal run. If I needed to spend $100, you know how much I ended up spending to get that uh, coupon to work? Hundred hundred and one, close. One hundred and three. One hundred and three. All right, that's a yeah. good look. It was, it was perfect. Like no wasted money, no nothing. Um, yeah, it's hard. Then, to, it's hard. It's really, really hard to do those. Like they give you, you have to spend a certain amount of money to get money back. Lena does a lot of shopping at New York and Company. Uh huh. And New York and uh, Company is great. Yeah, she 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 gets a lot of uh, really nice looking like work clothes there. Oh sure. Um, and they do all these promotions where they do like spend fifty dollars get like. 25 back or something like that or or like get maybe just get 10 back and then spend 100 get 20 some back and then spend 200 get this much back but the problem is i feel like that they've figured out a really really clever um pricing mechanism that makes it really difficult for you to just get over that number so what what we find more times than not is that she'll be like at 48 dollars of the 50, but there's very little in that store that would cost any less than $10, you right. know? And so at the end of the day, all, all that coupon really does for you when you buy something else, like, you know, some random piece of jewelry, like the cheapest thing that you can get, you really just get that item for free. Exactly. It's almost like it was done on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I say for a grocery store overall, that's a little easier to hit. But, but regardless, like when you've kind of set your mind on certain things, when you're, when you've like, all right, I, I'm going to hit a hundred. These are the things I want to get. Or you're walking up and down the aisles. It can still make it a little annoying to figure things to drop off. Oh, definitely. I am of the, uh, of the school of thought that you don't do, um, impromptu shopping at the grocery store. I I go in with a list, and that's exactly what I'm getting. And sometimes I'll splurge on something, but it's ideally it's like on something healthy. Like, oh, I want to see if this new like superfoods bar is even worth considering uh, on my next hike or something. Like, I'll buy one of those bars for like like seven dollars. Just be like, (laughs) okay, okay, fine. Okay. So yesterday I was at uh at Trader Joe's real quick, and I saw this little bar. It was like a third of the size of a pop tart. It yeah. was like two fifty. I was like, "Wait, what? Just right. one? Just right. one? You're just gonna give me one? Oh my goodness! Uh, we're doing this now. Two dollars and fifty cents. That's not. That's not twenty five cents. I'm saying two fifty. Two dollars and fifty cents. Right. For a tiny bar, dude. I was like, this is not gonna fill anybody up. This is not even a snack. Right. This, this is this brave new world out there, buddy. This is the equivalent of five peanut M and M's for Sandy. Don't don't do that. <laughs> All right. Because they have never stocked the peanut M and M's ever again. Oh. We're, we're back to the dark ages, Reza. It's because of you. They they were like, why are these gone so fast? Yeah, it's like I, I'm basically like this Chappelle character. Y'all got any uh, peanut M Ms back there? Um, <laughs> scratching, scratching my neck with just white powder all over my face. Um, but yeah, so uh, after the grocery store run, my mom was like, oh, you know, let me be your your sous chef. So, you know, I told her what to cut, and it was great. Uh, she actually gave me a, a lot of helpful tips on how to cut down my preparation time. Awesome. Um, I was sort of hand, I was hand, yeah, I was hand cutting. I don't know how else you cut. Uh, <laughs> like chard and like this lacinato kale that I buy. Uh, and she goes, dude, you can just rip this off of the stock and you'll spend safe so much time. I go, oh, you can. She goes, yeah, dude, don't be dumb. And I go, oh, okay. Um, you, you're all about that presentation, that nice even cuts. 
Yeah. You want that straight line. She goes, dude, are you like, how are you going to make this? I go, I'm just going to like, I'll throw into a pot. So she goes, so none of this is really going to see the light of day by itself? I go, no. She goes, then, then why are you spending 30 minutes cutting this if no one's ever going to see this? And I go, but I like it. <laughs> she goes, no, I'm going to, let me, let me give you your life back. It's almost like she gave me the gift of life. You ever um, notice that though? Like when you find yourself in a routine and somebody tells you something like a more efficient way of doing it and you find it difficult to break that. Oh, sure. I'm it's a like, creature yeah, of habit. Yeah. It's like, sure, it's faster, but I don't know. It's just what I'm used to. Yeah. I it's prepare, just what I've been doing. Yeah. I cook it the same way every week. I cook it usually like the same sort of, you know, in theory, the same foods every week uh, until I get really sick of it. And then we move on to a new recipe. But the preparation style is still unchanged um, because I fear change, Reza. I have a, I have a fear of commitment. Um, yeah. Changing the way you walk on stairs. Uh, it's impossible, Reza. I, I, I need so much help. Yeah, I'm a broken man. I hope your therapist doesn't have stairs leading up to his office or can, her office. Can you imagine? Uh, Doc, this is why I'm here, actually. You need uh, an elevator. Not going to be able to do this. Um, so it was great. And then she taught me how to like cook chicken because uh, we ended up, instead of just getting two pounds of ground chicken, two pounds of ground turkey, in addition to that, I also got a pound of uh, chicken breast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what she goes, all right, let me teach you how to like, uh, cut this diagonally in the most efficient way possible, which also maximizes the amount of surface area that like the sauce can touch this thing. Um, and also to like, there's this way that in the, I guess in Chinese cooking, um, you, when you cut something that's that thin, especially chicken, which like, uh, sort of cooks very quickly when it's sliced thinly. Yeah. The idea is to coat it with a little bit of oil and uh, a little bit of salt and pepper and sort of make sure that it touches all the meats that's like been sliced thinly. That way, uh, it cooks very quickly and it still has a seasoning and it remains moist because like lean chicken like that, if you, uh, if it's already sliced really thin, then it'll dry out like infinitely quicker. Right. And the last thing anyone's trying to eat is just like super dry chicken. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. What kind of knives do you have? Like, are they nice, sh- nice and sharp? Yeah. De- decent quality knives? Sure. I need it. I need to get some, man. I need some knives in my life. Yeah, you gotta have a good, sh- you gotta have a nice, uh, yeah, sharp it's, knife. It's frustrating to not, like, so, um, most of my life, <laughs> most of my adult life when I've been using knives, I just, you know, I get whatever I can get at the store, you know, on, on my, 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 my relatively low income and moving back home. You know, I was like, oh, you know, I'll get some, some, uh, you know, there's, there's better quality stuff. But honestly, my parents' knives, they're, they're just old. I think they were good at some point in time, but they're old now. They're not, they're not very sharp. They don't stay sharp. They might need to get them sharpened. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is that, is, do you think that would be a good wedding gift? It could be. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, I mean, I've been, I, 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 I rant about this every now and then with, uh, or to Lena. I mean, not, not frequently or anything, but I just say that one of the things that we're going to have to have in our house is a really solid quality, uh, solid quality knife set. Yeah, I mean, if you think that's something that's worth uh, a wedding gift, you let me know. We'll do. All right, you let me know, and I'll, and I'll put that in the consideration set. Um, you heard it here. You heard it here first. I got this folks. on. Yeah, I got this on tape. Yeah, I'll play this back. Episode eighty-seven. If anybody wants to donate to the podcast, um, <laughs> my man Reza could definitely use some knives. His address is no, <laughs> but but yeah, no. The, the the sharp knives is key because it just if I can slice like with almost like very little effort and just cuts right through, it just saves you a lot of just energy. Yeah, uh, when you're cooking. it makes the food better. You know, oh, you're sure. not you're not just like squishing your, your tomatoes. Oh, you get some nice nice slices of tomatoes. Uh, yeah, you know, some stuff you can get away with it. You know, onions you don't need the sharpest knives in the world, but. If I have to put pressure on my tomato, you just squish it. It's just, it's a disaster. Oh, sure. Um, and even cutting onions, like the, the sharper the onion, the quicker you cut it. Sharper the knife. Yeah. Sharper the onion. <laughs> the yeah. sharper the onion. Yeah. These onions out here, they, they pack in some, they pack in some razor blades all of a sudden. <laughs> um, they think they're in the yard. But, uh, but yeah. So she helped me cook. She told me to like, you know, with, uh, with meats in general, you should use some cooking wine. Uh, which I honestly, I won't lie to you, I've never used in my life. Uh, she goes, yeah, you should definitely do like a teaspoon or a tablespoon or just like a like a flat, 
a flattened bit on the the wooden spoon that you're cooking with of uh, of cooking oil, a uh, cooking wine. The, uh, the the reason being, it just sort of cuts out on the gaminess of meat that it, that can sometimes be there. I see. Um, and she goes, it just brings out the flavor a lot more. Um, I go, okay, so cooking wine it is, and I'm thinking I might need to go to Chinatown later to uh, the buy some, which is gonna. I was gonna suck. say, did you have any to use yesterday? Uh, yeah, a little bit left, but okay. um, it's just not gonna be enough for uh for the kind of industrial cooking I'm doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. Uh, sort of nice to sort of I I very rarely cook with my with my folks and it's always been sort of a I think a disappointing thing for them because they're like oh you're always cooking but we never get to see you sort of cook anything and and I wish I knew more recipes um like Asian recipes because I feel like that's really important to know it's like culturally yeah. yeah so maybe I'll maybe I'll start doing that when I go home just be like hey teach me how to make this and I'll just like take a lot of notes or something so yeah I did that a little bit with a few of the dishes my parents used to make or my um and so I know how to cook up some of those, but my mine just don't taste the same, you know. Why do you think that is? Well, it's certainly differences in the amount of certain ingredients that I use. Uh huh. Um, but it's also like like I've been doing it enough. I was doing it enough, you know, throughout late college and then my early grad school years that it just kind of became my recipe and it was what I was used to doing. So I'm so like, what's 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 one dish? That you make right now. So, so you you know you know the pea stew, right? The stews that I make. Jesus, so good. Th- throw that in with some rice. You, you yeah. mix it in with the rice. Um, typically, my parents use um, chicken. Okay. But I'm the lazy hardest when it comes working to, guy in the food groups. I'm lazy when it comes to meat prep. I'm not a big fan of it. So when I make it myself, I sometimes do chicken, but I typically will just I'll eat it with like a boiled egg. I'll I'll cut a, a boiled egg, just mix it all in, eat that together, right? And so. To make it, you first fry some onions, then you uh, add some red onions, paste. white onions, yellow onions. Uh, typically white onions, but okay. you can do it with whatever; it doesn't really matter. Okay. White or yellow, really. Um, garlic. I don't use garlic. I'm I'm not sure if my parents do. I don't think they do. Garlic is like one of my favorite things. I know it is. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't cook with very much garlic. Believe it or not, I don't. I've never really used it in every in pan. Much of my stuff. Every pan I heat up uh, has garlic on it. Interesting. Maybe I'll have yeah. to start trying it out. Try it out. I mean, I certainly like garlic. I just don't use it very much. It's you know. Yeah. Stop disrespecting garlic. My bad. My bad, garlic. Yeah. So Jesus. You you let that cook for a little bit, and then uh you, you add uh you you blend together uh some habanero pepper. So I'll use like oh. one. I'll use like one. Um, but my parents they make theirs in different portions. Like they'll make a pretty big pot, but. That's also when they were trying to feed a bunch of people. Yeah. Like, you know, five, six, seven people in the house. And when I make mine, it's just either for me or me and Lena or, you know, whoever else is around and wants some. Does Elena but, like the food? Oh, she loves it. There it is. And so then put in a little ginger root. Ooh. And then, yeah. And then, uh, what else? Uh, Wait some... a second. Wait a second. What's up? You said habanero pepper. Yeah. Is that, is that like a, I guess, for lack of a better term, is that an indigenous pepper? Uh, for you I, guys? I don't know. Huh. Because habanero is such a, to me, that's such a span, like a like like a Latin flavor. Latin America, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm really not sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I I know that in uh, in Ghana because my dad loves spicy foods. Yeah. Like, loves them like the, the habanero pepper is not hot enough for him so he creates his own little pe- he he makes his own like sauce like this pepper that is way too hot for for human consumption and i know that like there's habaneros in it but he there's also a bunch of other stuff that i don't really know and it's just too 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 hot and if he likes if your dad likes spicy food there's this great place near your house for chinese spicy food that he might dig it's he called likes Chinese a, food, though. It's called Yi Palace. Oh yeah, I've been to Yi Palace, dude. We know the owners. We're, yeah, we're you, friends you, with the owners. You told me to go there. With I think I went there with Lane at one time. Yeah, what'd you think? It was good. We gotta go, dude. We gotta go. Yeah, uh, we, we we did talk about going. We we like the two we don't of us do talked about going there a while ago. We never went. I don't like seeing you at night. It's just a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we always get breakfast together. We always, always get breakfast with your fam. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, I will be home again uh, soon. 
It's been a while. It's been a long while. Uh, it's for uh, for the wedding. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So I'll I'll be home for that. But uh, we're we're definitely getting together uh, when I'm then when I'm back good. home then. Yeah, sounds good. So we'll do a breakfast. Maybe I don't know. If you're busy, we won't do much. If you're not busy, let's go see a movie. Okay. So, or just play duty. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. O- options. Yeah. So uh, sorry. Go ahead. And and then some tomatoes. You blend that up. You add that back to the dish, and then you add whatever vegetables you want. So, um, you could do you could do what like kind peas. of tomatoes? Uh, just red. Just oh, know, okay. Not standard, like not like cherry tomatoes special. or nothing. No, 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 no cherry. Because we're just blending them up and whatnot. Oh, gotcha. I'll gotcha. Use, I I typically use canned tomatoes, but my, my parents use canned tomatoes. But I think they also use, like you know. Well, canned produce. tomatoes will get the job done for sure. Yeah, but I think they also use you know actual tomatoes. You know, just. Okay, balling out, doing the real tomato. And, and so I'm not sure what else they blend in. Like, I don't recall if they blend anything else, but I, I know for a fact that the proportions of like ginger and the pepper that they use are different than what I use because I make it from what's in a much smaller pot. I think my mom uses one full habanero for like a massive pot. I use mine for a pot that's like half the size or maybe three quarters of the size. Right. And so it ends up having a much, you know, it, it ha- it's it's much spicier. You taste the spice of the of the pepper more. Okay. And so they're 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 like I don't know I don't know what else she puts in like you know when it comes to the the you know just spices from the spice drawer yeah. or the spice rack or whatever you want to call it. She just knows. She does something different, yeah. And I I I don't like the I remember getting the recipe from her. I got it from her like seven years ago maybe when I was a junior in college. And that's the only time I ever asked about it, like the recipe. And I've just been doing it my way ever since then. You're like, listen, I appreciate the help. I don't. I got it from here. I got it. I got it. I got it. How hard could it be? Flash forward like 10 minutes later. I goofed. The whole kitchen's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You said with chicken though. Oh, yes. So, so yeah, my mom will add the chicken in. uh, Typically we'll fry the chicken. And then and then add it into the pot. Wait, after. wait, fry the chicken. Yeah, she'll fry the chicken. How does that How does that stay good if it's going into a stew? It's good. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like uh, it's not like breaded chicken or anything like that. It's just fried and chicken. I guess you just I guess you just cook. You sort of like sear the outside a little bit then. I guess so. All right, I've cause... never done it so. Because I'm always done get, it that I always way. get I won't lie I always get really confused when people say fry. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's like breaded and all that stuff. Like that's just sort gotcha. of the way where my head goes. But I guess you can just sort of like like stir fry. It's still considered frying on some level. Just like a yeah. quick coat of grease or oil, and then you just, uh, you cook everything. Yeah, just the oil. It's like it's like it's like frying plantains. You just you just cut it up. I have a love hate and... relationship with plantains. What? It's no. This just be a love. It's just love, Sandy. Listen, I've had so many plantains in my life. All right. Okay. It's, it's not something that I've ever been like, oh God, I hate this. But I just, it's, I, I guess I just never have a craving for plantains. I see. Like I know some people, I know some people on this podcast. That's me. That's you? Raise your yeah, hand. that's me. Oh, um, that get a craving for, for it. And I just, that's one of the foods I just will not get a craving for. So with, with plantains, there's there you know you could fr- you can fry them at different stages of of its level of ripeness, and so you can have the green, which is just not very ripe, and it creates this um, hard plantain that's not very sweet. But if you wait a few days and you let it get yellow or even start to turn brown, it it's like this really soft, this almost mushy, this yeah. fried plantain, and it's sweet. It's I love it. I love it like that. I don't like the hard ones. Uh, I definitely have had the sweeter side plantain. I can't think of the amount of times I've had like a like you just described a green plantain. Um, but even the the really sweet ones, I'm just like you know what, I've got I've got a savory sort of palate, so I'm never I'm very rarely looking to be like oh I'll eat something sweet. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. You know me with my sweets, and I know you're not you're not as big of a fan. It's, it's a little yeah. disappointing. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's okay. I'll, I'll still hang out with you. Yeah. Um, but I wonder how your stew would be if it utilized something like like lamb. You think it would be good with lamb? It could be. Um, I've never I never really thought about it. 
it, it certainly could be. We we do we used to we don't do it so much anymore. Um, my mom a lot of her a lot of her food she it's either like the the meats that we would use in our stews because we have like my mom makes a, a few different types. Um, that was a staple of our diet as kids. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um, and so there was uh, chicken or goat meat. Goat is good. Yeah, we we all we goats and goat. It's it was like a seventy five twenty five split really between goat and chicken. We would typically have goat meat most nights. Nowadays, my mom's been using just beef. Okay, yeah, uh, you'll be surprised. I don't know if you'll be surprised to hear this, but I've, my mom was definitely surprised to hear this. Cut out a lot of red meat in my diet. Yeah, a ton of red meat. I only ever eat red meat now when I'm either like uh, out and like I'll get a steak somewhere. Uh, or I'll eat Chinese food and you can't really escape red meat with, uh, with pork and, uh, and beef. But I mean, I love pork. So, but I still try and watch how much red meat I eat. Um, cause I eat so like all my protein is now either plant-based proteins or just super lean meat proteins. Right. Turkey or chicken. Turkey or chicken. I'm, I'm just sucking the, the, the joy. Fish? Um, fish is good. I just don't like cooking fish in my apartment because it just stinks up the place. Because gotcha. I don't have really good like it's a New York City apartment. There's no ventilation to speak of. Yeah, the amount of times that you told me you set off your fire alarm in the past. Oh, your his, your history as a chef. Uh it's it's not pretty. Um but I'm still I'm still here. They haven't they haven't fired fired me yet. Uh no pun intended. Yeah, right. Oh, that was good. That was not it, intended. And it wasn't intended, yeah. Oh my god. Um let me just stand back and revel in that one real quick. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder that time. Yeah, right. Wait, why you think about this? I wonder how. I guess yeah, goat would be phenomenal. I wonder. I think pork would also do really well. Pork to me is just a wonder meat, so um, I think that that will still taste phenomenal. Um, Yeah, I remember having the stew that you that you uh, that you made for the first time. I was like, dude, this is. Oh, did I I ever give it? I didn't know. I I didn't know you tried. Yeah, I came over once just to eat the stew. Wow. Yeah, you. I mean, you were hyping it up for years. <laughs> uh, like we'd be playing Call of Duty, and we'd be in the middle of something, and on the radio goes, "Dude, I mean, having some of the stew right now." I'm like, "Dude, you can't distract me because now I want the stew." <laughs> uh, but no, I've had the stew, and it was great. How did, I didn't even realize that. I forgot about that. I feel like I want to get this recipe from you. Uh, I'll I'll send it to you, and I want to try it out myself. I'll make a, I'll make a video like Bill Burr. Please, that would be awesome, actually. <laughs> Maybe that maybe that'll be the next thing we do, um, just to make a video of this. Yeah, um, that reminds me of the uh, New York Times article that got sent out uh, around the Asian community uh, last week. It was the story of this like millennial-ish, like f- sort of second generation or first generation. I think it's more first generation. Yeah. Um, dude who like never had a really like close relationship with his with his folks uh, i feel like you know the first generation is it's always a little bit more businessy a little bit more standoffy uh again that's massive generalization there but i think i it, agree with you i think it, and it, well, well this is coming from my perspective but i agree with you first generation definitely a bit standoffishy yeah just sort of a clash of cultures clash of cultures because uh I mean, part of I have to think that a part of them, uh, the thought was, well, if you move to America, uh, like you'll get to learn like there's new culture and whatnot. But at the same time, still staunchly proud of your your culture that you brought over here, which you should be. But growing up, it can be tough when you're trying to fit in with, uh, for well, I guess for lack of a better phrase, with all the white people, right, who you deem to be normal because that's all of the sort of. Uh, that's what you're exposed to. That's life here. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you're exposed there's, to. Yeah. There's life at home, which I guess technically is the majority of your time if you want to factor in the, the sleep hours. But I'm who's factoring all in sleep your friends, <laughs> all your all your friends, everyone that you interact with on a day to day basis. Yeah. The people that like the people that don't have to like you, you know. And I don't want to make it seem like you know you put on a front to to impress these people or anything like that. This is just really really what you're what what is life at this point it's on tv it's in movies it's right on, it's in the music right. it's everything you're being exposed to yeah um and this guy was like you know i never had too much to talk to about uh, my parents about but then when i took this uh this food like desk job at some like uh 
news sort of uh, or some uh, some newspaper. He goes, I finally had a chance to sort of talk to my parents about stuff, and it turns out that his parents are YouTube sensations uh, for cooking like traditional Chinese really? food. And then his dad had actually sent him the videos a while back, but he just thought it was like his parents just sending like another sort of like let's just call it a Reddit video going around that <laughs> yeah. like you saw like three weeks ago. And he goes, oh, you know, I haven't gotten around to a chance of seeing it. And then, like, his dad just goes, like, one word, like, oh. Uh, which you can tell, like, the, the hurt in that, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Like, Those one-letter responses, one-word responses. Yeah, like, oh, like, I was really excited to share this with you. Um, but you don't just, like, you don't have the time for me anymore. Yada, yada. There's this really, really famous uh, Chinese New Year episode. Uh, commercial, rather. Episode. Commercial and it basically is just like call the 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 takeaway from that commercial is call your parents more. Um, that's really what they took the that's what somebody spent money on to to promote. All right, it wasn't it wasn't you know Michelob Ultra, you know it wasn't Bud Light. It was call your parents more. Right. And I remember seeing that and it's like making my heart hurt because like yeah I should that 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 guilt it really comes and hits you you know. But uh, this video was just like this guy. Uh, they they cook all these traditional dishes, and I totally forget where I was going with this. But I, I guess the idea is that you know you you're you're trying to fit in when you were uh, when you're growing up, but now you're like, man, I wish I really sort of appreciated a lot more of that stuff, and I and I guess. You know, for me, it's sort of learning how to cook all these uh, all these dishes. Yeah, yeah. I, it reminds me of that uh, that Eddie Huang, um, the Vice. Uh, I guess I don't know. It was a, it was like a what half hour, maybe hour episode of his show. Wong's World. And, yes, exactly. And he was. It, it was for the Chinese for Chinese New Year. He went back to Orlando. That's where he grew up. Yeah. And uh, part of the experience. I mean, not just seeing or. In addition to seeing where he grew up, how he grew up, and like some of his friends and stuff, but you also got to see him spend time with his family, his mother cooking in the kitchen and whatnot. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of cool just to see that. Yeah, I think because you're sort of it's a privilege, uh, it's luck, it's really blind luck, but it's sort of the the privilege of being on this side of it to be like, listen, like there's more to my culture than what you see on TV, and you get to live that out with your family in a very sort of genuine way why not sort of like take more advantage of it so yeah yeah i think it's really hard for people to understand that too the differences in cultures i certainly remember as a kid you know some of my friends they would be like you know they'd want to hang out on like a tuesday right Mm -hmm. and i'm like whoa whoa slow down now slow down now i got this thing called called homework yeah you get to hang out with your friends on a weeknight it it blew my mind yeah, it blew my mind and be like, "Oh, y'all, y'all just what? Y'all going out right now? Where y'all going? Y'all don't realize I, it's a Tuesday." I think there's just something about, uh, you know, as our parents being the immigrants, I think there's something about their perception or, or I don't want to say perception. I want to make it sound like they're seeing it wrong, but their value of of school and the amount of com- and the amount of work that you have to put in because I see I've seen this a lot with with stu- uh with first generation uh kids whose parents were immigrants and the amount of pressure that their parents have that, that put on them or the amount of of potential that those parents see in their kids for them to succeed in school. Yeah. And so when it comes to things like uh you know hanging out with friends on on you know in the middle of the week or even going out with friends on weekends at times, I mean, if you have like an assignment, like I, I couldn't do that. If I had like a big essay due on one day, you better, you best believe on Saturday I'm staying in all day and I'm going to be working on that. Just nerds, just nerds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I what's funny is I was uh, I had a relationship in high school with this girl, and my parents initially were super against it because they yep. thought my grades were going to suffer. But then it turns out that I, my grades got better when I was with her. Uh, I mean, she was also like just way harder of a work than I was. Um, <laughs> it's tough because I know looking back, I probably should have dominated academics in high school. But I just never cared about any of the topics I was in, um, save for like AP US history. 
uh, or APUS Gov, like with this one professor. Um, and she was her class was the only class that like ever looked forward to going into. This is Mulhern, right? Yeah, Mulhern. I didn't I didn't take that class, but I heard I heard a lot of good things. I also heard it was incredibly difficult. It was incredibly difficult, but it was like work that it was like good work, you know, um, in the sense that I wanted to do it. And those are always the classes that I do the best in. And it's just really unfortunate that I can't seem to like care uh, about like doing a good job in things I'm just not interested in. You know, to- no, I totally understand you because I think I feel like it has it's partially to do with the the system that we have set up. I mean, what I don't know any I don't have a better suggestion for how you educate people, but at the end of the yeah, day, yeah, right, so fix the American education system right now. <laughs> at the end of the day, everything that you work on is really just useless. These are problems that have been solved before. Yeah. And and you know, you, you put in hours and hours of work on a project that effectively is being, it, it might as well just be tossed in the trash can at the end of the day because it's, it's that the entire purpose of that project was to get you a letter grade or get you a percentage that would, you know, give you a final grade in the class to help you get into a, you know, a good college or whatever it is. Like I, I, I was, I, on the, the, the topic of decluttering yourself your life i've been doing it in a much you know slower fashion than you but i've certainly been trying to get rid of some of my stuff and like i told you that i got rid of all of my college even early grad school work and and high school just papers binders textbooks oh dude i still have another closet in my house that's actually it's kind of like so this stuff came from my closet that you know i can just get to but we have another closet that's just full of stuff from all five of us all all the kids Dude, are you a secret reporter? No, 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 no. These are just don't like, lie. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, my mom, my mom's always liked to keep stuff, and she, she, when it comes to throwing something away, she can't be the one who does it if it's not her stuff. So if it's like something I worked on in kindergarten, right? And I'm like, oh, that's just trash. You can throw it away. She'll just leave it there for me to throw it away because she doesn't want to be the one who throws it away. She's like, oh, just in case you want it, you know? Yeah. And so. Um, all of my life, we just, you know, kept all of the old stuff just for whatever reason. And so I still have middle school binders and papers in, in this other closet. That's actually really difficult for me to access. I have to move a bunch of stuff around just to get to it because it's just stuff from everybody else too. Right. But I've gotten rid of most of the paperwork, all that classwork, because even if I go back to co- like even in grad school, there's very little from my, my class notes or like handouts no, there's not. I want to even say there's very little. There's literally nothing that I would ever, I would ever go back to. Right. If there's information in there of value that I would want to get, I would either go to a textbook or I would just Google it. Right. It's uh, I think my parents are the same way. Uh, they've gotten a lot better over the years about throwing stuff away that they actually will never use again. But I think that's just some part of the mentality. Uh, when you're sort of growing up a little bit, uh, a little bit more intensely. I just be like, you know what? You can't throw away anything because you never know when you're gonna be able to use something. Yeah. So I understand that, but yeah, yeah. For me, it's I'm 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 trying to be much more ruthless. Where it's like, have I not used this in two weeks? It's dead. It's dead. Chop, <laughs> chop and block now. Two weeks. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to figure out what to do with all my old CDs and movies. Yeah, like I already- just I just gave my parents because uh, they were here for the weekend, right? I gave them all my DVDs in New York. Like I don't watch dvds anymore yeah yeah i have a dvd rack with like a good 100 100 or so movies and then i also have a bunch of uh tv series on dvd uh-huh problem is that all this stuff isn't even like hd anymore right so you if i if i wanted to watch that stuff i would want to find it in in hd because it just it's just not going to look as good right if i threw it up on my you know on my computer monitor even my tv oh but what I really want to do, because I have DVD cases, I have cases for every one of these things, and I have a shelf, I have a rack, like, for these DVDs, and I was just telling Lena last night when we were talking on the phone, I need to figure out what to do with those. I either need to put them in digital format and just toss everything, really, like, you know, the, the case and the disc, or I need to get a, like, a DVD binder, like a, like a CD or DVD case, just hold, like, 400 discs and just throw them all in there. And all then right. get rid of the get rid of the cases because I would literally take an entire shelf and just m- convert it into a book, and then just figure out what I want to do with them later. If I ever want to use them again, I can just toss it. If I don't, but 
it just it certainly would save a lot of space. Let me ask you a serious question. You ever think you just get rid of all of it? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I just, I guess the thing for me is it's it's less it's it's mostly about the fact that I spent a lot of money on this stuff, yeah. And to just get rid of it without having any, any um, without saving any of it. So that's what I want to see if I can just convert them into digital format. It it'll take time, but it's certainly doable. Sure. Well, here's another thought. What if you donated a lot of it to like Goodwill, and then you get that tax break? Yeah, I thought about that too. Um, so I can definitely do that. Yeah, you can there get is... a lot of money back for that kind of stuff. Because you're filling out the form yourself anyways, and they sort of give you a sense of like, all right, this is what this is worth, this is what that is worth. But if you're giving multimedia, dude, I can't imagine that being a small sum. Yeah, yeah, especially as much as it is. There's also a store called Second and Charles, and uh, I actually went there for the first time. This is how I got rid of a bunch of my old textbooks. So they don't take textbooks. So what they do is they you, you take a bunch of old stuff to them, they actually price it and they'll, they'll pay you for that stuff. And so when we were there, I, I saw like a tons of like guitar hero sets, literally tons of them. I don't know why they have so many. They have like all these drum kits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't take textbooks. They'll take regular books, but they don't take textbooks. So what I went and I, and I, and I, what I did was I basically separated all my old textbooks from just like, you know, actual books that we were required to read for certain classes or so somewhat reference books that weren't real textbooks. Yeah. And so I had them price them and they, they came back and they were just like, oh, the condition wasn't good enough for them. I was like, what do you mean? What? You, what? All but one. One of the books ha- was, had water damage because I had to walk to class in like in the middle of a storm and I didn't have an umbrella. So that book got damaged by water, right? But all the other ones were basically in perfect condition. Regardless, I think it was just because they were too close to textbooks that they just couldn't take them. Right. So they, so, some, some nonsense reason. Yeah, they well they they wouldn't pay me for them. So you can take them out front and you have these they have this bin with just free stuff. And so I put like twenty twenty or thirty textbooks in this thing. Right. And uh I had to come so like I had to come back for the pricing of the books. So I put a bunch in when we first got there, left for like an hour or two, and then went back. Almost all the textbooks that I put in there were taken already. Wow. I was shocked. Yeah. People just come through. They look through the, the free bins, they pick stuff up, and then they just they just leave. They take the stuff. So my like my old organic chemistry books, um, some computer science books, anatomy anatomy book from Allied Health in twelfth grade. Wow, yeah, all that stuff was taken. I was I was shocked. Well, I mean, I was very happy that people are going to get use out of it because I assume they're not just picking up random books just to you know just because. Yeah. Unless these people just want to clutter their lives, I don't know. But I don't know. That's, yeah. that, that sounds horrifying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like when, when you, when you come across some sort of education textbook, you're like, you're usually, my first instinct is, I wonder how much this costs somebody because those things are never oh, God. cheap. Yeah, no, not at all. I remember in, uh, in college having to, so there was a photocopy sort of center or copy center on campus and they were notorious for actually being able to, not able, but willing to photocopy textbooks for you. Um, so wow. we either had like, if, if professors were giving us packets or they were giving us, you know, sort of like the not, not real textbook, but like something that forces you to spend money at the yeah. uh, university. Yep. Um, what we would do is we, one person would buy it for full price. We would take it to the copy center and then we would sort of get like the, uh, get all copied and you put like the, 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 the thing, the, not the what's that bind called? Um, the the spiral bound. I don't. Yeah, I, I sure know like spiral bound. It's, it's the black ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We would get one of those, and we would get like two dozen of them made. And then it would like when you split that cost over everything, like yeah, this this book cost me two dollars. Um, yep. And that's how it works. Yeah, I wish we did that. Our our books were just stupid expensive. Like the, the amount of semesters that I would have to spend like five or six hundred dollars on books. And eventually, what I start started doing, I would still spend a lot of money on textbooks. But sometimes, I was hesitant to buy a textbook because I wanted to play it out and see how frequently we were going to use it. And what I would also do is see if I could find that textbook online. Oh because, yeah. Um, some books not only can you find the textbook online, but you can find the solution manual online too. So you can certainly get your cheat on. Hundred <laughs> percent. And especially with computer scientists assignments, if you know, if you just all, if you just 
copy and paste the like word for word phrasing of a certain question and you paste it into Google, you, you, you'll either find no results or you're going to find uh, the, the actual question and then you might find the answer right after it. So we were able to do that sometimes, but get what I would cheat do on. Some, yeah, you get your cheat on. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. This, this is not, you know, this is going to have to go on a tag, just cheat on, get your cheat on something yeah. like that. Um, but so another thing that we, we would do is just look to see if we can find the textbook. And a lot of times you wouldn't find like the 2016 version of it, but you might find the 2015 oh, yeah. or 2014 version. And even if the questions like the practice problems were different, you can find the basically the same text and you can just get the questions from somebody else and save yourself a hundred bucks. Oh, without a doubt. And I did that all the time. I must like, I remember my first semester at freshman year, I spent $700 in textbooks and I go, I can't do this. This is yep. nonsense. I can't afford this. Um, so you're right. It was immediately once you got the syllabus and you sort of figured out, oh, we're actually going to be needing to, to refer to this at all. Uh, I hate professors who like have the gall to say, listen, for those of you who bought my textbook, you don't need to, um, just return it. <laughs> but all of the, uh, textbooks at the NYU bookstore are shrink, are shrunk wrapped. Oh no. Yeah. So then if you open it, you they, open they, it, they, won't, they, take won't, it they won't take it back. Yeah. Um, or if they do, they give you like two bucks for it. It's like. You got to let them know like on the syllabus, like when, when somebody tries to enter your class, you got to let them know immediately. Like we're not going to be using the textbook. Please don't buy the textbook as opposed to people making like $700 mistakes. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. It's, it's the worst because I'm totally fine spending like 30, 40 bucks on textbooks, which I certainly had, you know, I, I certainly have done many times, but then there are textbooks that are like 120, 130, 150 dollars. And and then and then sometimes the professor just doesn't even bother using yeah. it, or they use it just a handful of times. You're yeah. like, why did I buy this? Exactly. Like, what am I gonna? And then and then you're like, oh, we'll just sell it back at the end of the semester. Yeah, you can sell it back at the end of the semester, and you make what twenty, thirty bucks on the exactly. book you spend one hundred fifty dollars on. It's insulting, is what it is. It really is. Yeah, I would always try to buy the books used, but every now and again, you you get the the the, the professor assigns the newest version of the book because it's the newest version of the book. Yeah, and. You gotta drop. You gotta drop all that money on a brand new book. It's such just, a it's such a sham, worst. dude. It really is. It absolutely is. Now, if I when I become president, ah uh, yes, when um my my platform will be no more books for college, or at least overpriced books. Uh yeah, sure. Um, I feel like we're we're about to get to the age of just tablets dominating everything. Wouldn't that be nice? Just yeah, to have you know, it's everything. It's still going to be annoying that you're going to be spending $150 on, on, on e-versions of these books that are oh, not yeah. returnable or like, sellable. Like licenses to content. Yeah, it's the same same nonsense. They're going to sit there and say that you're just paying the author, really. Yeah. But, I mean, what's the cost of, like, Am it doesn't cost Amazon, well, you know, on the scale of this little, the one-time purchase for you, at least, it doesn't cost them, like, it would cost a a publisher to like bind and print the book and whatnot or print and bind the book. I guess if you want to give them the right order, but they're still going to charge you that uh, the same amount of money because it's what we're used to paying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it all it honestly just depends on what side of the argument you're taking. Cause if you and I are working for the university, it'd be like, all right, well, how are we going to make money? How are we going to squeeze more money out of you yep. guys? Yep. And we just got to just become bookstore. Oh, the worst. Simple solution. I, I saw there was a YouTube video on a pretty big channel um, within the last month or two Worst. that was that hit the topic of textbook sales, and they were talking about how ridiculously overpriced they were because the 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 writers, the authors of the books, don't make a ton of money off of them. It's just a, a lot of the book is just pure profit for the publishers and and the the bookstores. Yeah, I I can just imagine the uh, the people who are just running like those publishing companies. Um, when it's sort of fall, just licking their lips at the amount of just absurd money they're about to make. Yeah. Maybe they got to go, Reza. Maybe. In the uh, in the immortal words of Donald Trump, you know, Second Amendment guys, I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> not trying to get political. Not trying not. to get political. Yeah. Uh, um, on, on that low light. Yeah, right. Uh, should we call it here? Uh, I was gonna ask you real quick. What do you? We haven't done this in a while. What do you? What are you listening to? You watching anything? Reading anything? Oh, sh yeah, dude. Um, I am reading 
Rocket Surgery Made Simple. Um, it's about just user testing. It's more of a, like a for workbook, but it's really good. Um, for anyone out there listening that does uh, sort of user testing at all, um, I think it just makes it seem like it's a lot less of a investment that needs to go down to do proper user testing for for uh, for products. So that's what I'm reading. What I'm listening to, uh, a lot of the Lumineers' new album Ophelia. Uh, I'm also listening. Let me just pull up. Pull, let me pull up the Spotify. Uh, Spotify is one of the things I gladly will pay. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm l- so satisfied with yeah. that subscription. I'm listening to this group called Jared and the Mill. Another group called Tall Heights. A guy named Anthony D'Amato. A lot of just like singer songwriter. A little folksy. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for Frank Ocean's album to drop. Oh yeah, you were telling me about that. Uh, really excited about that one. Yeah, it's been like it's been like three or four years, really, yeah. since his last. Uh, and his last album was great. It's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Was it uh, Agent Orange? No, Channel Orange. Yeah, uh, Channel Orange. Yeah. Channel Orange, Agent Orange. Um, totally different. <laughs> um, yeah, right. It was 2012. But yeah, so four years ago. Yeah. Um, what am I watching? I'm definitely watching The Night of on HBO. Oh yeah, I really need to watch that. Yeah, dude. I've heard it's a really deep show though, so you don't really want to binge it, right? Uh, I mean, you de- you definitely can binge it. I think you'll pick up on a lot of the subtleties a lot more. Okay. Uh, but it's definitely a serious show though. Like it's okay. really dark. And it's a mini series, right? There's only one season. Uh, I think so. I think it's gonna be like True Detective. Okay. Uh, where it'll be. Uh, oh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah, like non-connected storylines, but sort of within the framework of the show. Right. Um. And then I'm also watching Mr. Robot, which is awesome. Uh, definitely, definitely recommend that show. It's a USA show. Now, before you start to say USA, aren't those people that make uh, Psych and I, I don't suits. even know what they make. Um, oh, they do Suits? I didn't even know that. Don't, that's crazy. don't do that. No, I mean, I've, I've been watching Suits, but that's funny. I, don't, I didn't know it was a USA show. I don't watch it on TV. I, I've been watching it on, on, on Amazon Prime right now. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? Well, I mean, I knew you were watching it there, but you. Didn't. I mean, I knew it at some point, but like right now, no. I, if if you had me guess, I would have. Pro- I probably would have guessed like TBS or TBS. Or, yeah, yeah, TBS. Does TBS or else even or else exist like, anymore? <laughs> they do. I think so. Or else, or else I would have guessed NBC. That would have been my next guess. Oh no, 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 no! USA would not have been USA, my guess. USA, buddy. All USA right. had a great string starting with like Psych, Burn Notice. They did Monk too, right? Yeah, Monk was the last uh, show of the old order before Psych, Burn Notice, uh, Growing – not Growing Pains, uh, House of uh, – what's that doctor show? Um, House no of, idea. House of Pain? Something like that? I never watched any of these shows. So um, they, there was, a, there was that, a show called Necessary Roughness that got canceled. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know USA's line up really well. It's really funny. Yeah, USA is my jam. I love USA. Uh, I don't know anything about any of these shows. I mean, I've certainly seen some of them. Like, I've seen, like, a couple of episodes of Monk, but I never actually watched it, seriously. I saw parts of episodes of Psych, but never watched it, really. Psych was one of my favorite shows of all time. It's such a big favorite, actually, that I realized that I never watched the final season. So I just made that realization <laughs> right now. Uh, I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, but, yeah, so that's what I'm watching. I also need to start watching Stranger Things on... Uh, uh, Netflix. Uh, it's that new show that came out that everyone's been raving about, and mm. so my friend Sabrina and I, who she asked me last night, "Hey, have you seen that show yet?" I go, "No, we're gonna watch it together," and she goes, "Yeah," and so we're gonna we're gonna start that show together because I think both her and I were like, we don't want to be uh, sort of left out in the lurch again. Like the last thing that I got left out in the lurch one was first season of Serial. Oh, I heard yeah. that way too late. And I yeah. never watched How to Make a Murder or Making a Murder. Me neither. Even though that big news just came out over the weekend that that kid got exonerated. Um, probably due to the show. Uh, just like putting pressure on everyone uh, who had never heard the story before. Um, which is crazy. So it's, it's, it's awesome. What are you watching? So the big thing that I'm watching right now is is The Wire. Oh, Yeah. I- I've never watched The Wire before. I know that might be crazy to some people, but 
I think the thing that set me off or set it set it off was the fact that I have I heard like two wire related things in media this past week. So I'm a big fan of like of Bill Simmons podcast network. Um so I listen to his podcast, but I've also been watching his HBO show Any Given Wednesday, and I've actually never seen it live or even on Wednesday or Thursday. I've I've been like I've watched them like a week or two late, and he had um uh, the 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 he had the the, the person that played Omar on the show. Oh yeah, I can't remember his real name, but he had Omar, and he also had um Joan from Mad Men, Christina Hendricks. Oh wow. And so he was talking at the, he was talking to the two of them at the same time. And, you know, he was talking about the wire with, with the guy who plays Omar. And then I was listening to JJ Reddick's podcast and he had Jerry Ferreira on the show. And Jerry, he had in his top two shows that his number, his number two show was the wire. And right now I'm free, uh, his number one show was the Sopranos. Okay. Like four, four of his top five shows were, were HBO shows. And so. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try watching this again because I'd, I'd watched episode one like two years ago. Yeah. And it was, it was good. I don't want to say it wasn't good, but I think at this, at the time I was just watching other stuff. Yeah. And sure. maybe I was in the, you know, so whatever. I, I just let it pass. And so this, this week or last weekend, I started episode one and I've just been flying through it since. So I think I'm on episode 10 right now of the first, of the first season. Don't you and love the slow build of it good. though? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's not like your standard police show where, like, people are shooting each other every episode. It's like, oh, yeah. there's, like, a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of nonsense. Um, a lot of slowness, but, like, the playoff is so good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you see that too, though, with some of the characters. I can't remember his name right now, but the one officer who's, fr- uh, from Boston, uh-huh. he's, like, quit to the punch. He wants action all the time. And so, they're they're like all meeting together all these detectives on this team they're they're trying to capture this this uh this kind of drug kingpin and the kingpin's uh, that character that actor is so good Avon Barksdale Avon's so good yeah and so they're they're trying to capture him they're trying to get, gather evidence and so one of the things that they have to do this for the you know the listeners that don't know they're the, this, uh, this, this gang of, of, of drug dealers and, and, um, I guess the drug dealers, they use pay phones. They don't have, they don't use cell phones and they have a wiretap on these pay phones in order to, and, but in order to listen to the pay phones or the conversations, they have to visually see that this is somebody that they're investigating because if they don't, they're, li- they're legally not allowed to listen to the call and record it. So they have to literally sit on top of these roofs for hours and hours and hours and just watch the phones and see if somebody's, cl- if somebody that they're, that they're, um, that's, they're, they're investigating is using the phone. If they're allowed to record it and then make the call to the, to the station and let them know that they can record it. Right. And so, um, when, when, uh, these these detectives are talking to each other there's the one detective you know the the older guy right the one who does the furniture he's like you know we got to sit up on the roofs and then the guy from boston's like oh more bullshit work and (laughs) the guy the guy looks at him he's like this is detective work like what did you think we did when you signed up right right exactly (laughs) like we're not on the streets every single day just shooting people capturing people and stuff right this This isn't hawaii this this is the job yeah this is the real job this is the actual job i remember that line when he says it this is the job yeah uh, that character's great too. Um, yeah, I love him. Dude, you're in for such a wild ride. Yeah, I know you've been a big fan. I, I'm really liking the the bureaucracy, like the 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 chain of command. It's very military like. Yeah. Which uh, I can't remember. I guess I guess it was yeah. It was in the it was in any given Wednesday where they're talking about it. But you know they they refer you know everyone's like lieutenant or sergeant or major, and like even in, in this one clip, which I think was actually on on Reddit. Now that I think about it, which was all, which I also saw, uh, last week, like in this one scene, the guy enters, he enters the, the office of his, of his superior and like he enters and he gives him a salute. Yeah. You're like, this is a police officer. It's not, you know, right. it's not in the army. He's not in the Marines or anything like, like that. What country is this taking place that we're doing like salutes all of a sudden? Like right. what kind of police force are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, and, and the conversation like starts off when he was, it was basically like a, you know, a mini performance review. He's like, you're doing great work on the street and everything like that. And then he goes, but I'm going to level with you. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you like, like, you know, your, your, your lieutenant or whatever he, you know, whatever his position was. He's like, I'm going to talk to you like a man right now. He's like, you're not doing, <laughs> you're out there acting like, acting a fool more or less. Yeah. Like, sure, you're, you're doing great work. Your numbers look good, 
but you treat people like crap. You don't get to know these people. You're out there. You're supposed to be protecting and serving, not just, you know, instilling fear in everyone. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for you to sort of finish the show and then we'll discuss what your favorite seasons are because every season i'm telling you man it's all connected it's so wild it's one of it's one of the most perfect shows out there because it doesn't feel rushed at all you know yeah one yeah i mean yeah that's that's what i really respect about it is and and that's what I really appreciate about, uh, you know, uh, media, the TV or television shows as a media for storytelling. You just tell, you can tell so much longer and better stories in TV than you can in movies. And it makes me appreciate television shows just much more than I, than I, than, than movies for me right now. Yeah. Like shows like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. I don't know. Like, I think, I think especially with Game of Thrones, like you couldn't do a movie of that show. Or of that oh, that that, that story, you have to do you have to do it as a TV show. Yeah, There's can you not... imagine like, oh, this dude wrote uh, Game of Thrones. Great, uh, let's just make it into like the Hollywood. Uh, uh, what's it called? Like Harry Potter, right? Yeah, Eight exactly. Movies. It's like just. No, there's impossible amount of content. You would have to be flying through, cutting out whole swaths of of, of story just to make yeah. that like twelve hour bit. Right. And it's it's exactly what I didn't like about the first couple of like the first Harry Potter movie. I I only saw the first Harry Potter movie and the very last. You still and haven't read the I, books, have you? No, I I read well. I read one through five. I, I have six. You I never might read as well it, not have finished it. it. Yeah, I know. Well, I had I had too many spoilers. I guess at that point in my life. Oh yeah. And I just I was getting older. I just didn't really care so much. No, that's for fair. The, for the characters, you know, like when I was I started reading those books. I think I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade and i remember flying through them and i love them so much i read one through four again like right after finishing them right. I, I never i never really do that like people watch tv shows they finish reading a book and they start over because it was so good i don't do nope. that very often nope like that this was like a once in a lifetime thing for me i read all four books again at least the four that existed at that time and and then the fifth one came out and i read the fifth one but at that point I just, I, I think I was just busy with schoolwork and stuff. I just didn't, I, I, I flew through the fifth one. I read it really fast and I don't remember anything from that book at all. But what I remember from the movies was that, uh, the first movie, they just skipped a ton of details. And I was like, this just sucks. Like, it's not as good as the book. Why would I, why, why see the movies if I'm reading the books and I just enjoy the book so much more? Right. And so I wonder if like fans of the Lord of the Rings movies feel like they were, they were, you know, if, if they were cheaped out of certain content, like I never read the books. I really enjoyed the movies, but I never read the books. So I don't know what's missing from the movies that could have been, um, put in there. Yeah. And I wonder if they think the extended director's cut, which is like each movie is three and a half hours. <laughs> so long. If it does pay the written story version any justice, I wonder. Yeah. Um, what are you listening to? Uh, listening to, uh, good question. I don't, no, nothing, nothing specific right now, actually. Okay. No specific albums, just random playlist or Pandora radio. That's it. All right. Well, I think that's it then. Yeah. Carry on for a while. Yeah. Sorry for the longer episode, everyone. Keep watching the wire. We'll check in next yeah. week with you. Yeah, definitely. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.